Self-Care Game podcast should not be considered as or replaced with therapy. If you're currently experiencing a mental health crisis, please reach out to your local mental health authority or the suicide crisis hotline. Today's episode is sponsored by Hello Studios, which is an audio and video podcasting studio in downtown Dallas. Shout out to them for sponsoring us, and let's get into this episode. Hey, y'all. What's up? Welcome to Self-Care Gang Podcast. It's your girl, Devin, also known as Sent from Devin, also known as Sweetie's Halloween Costume. Oh, okay. Come on, this sweetie. was fine. She was. She won. Why really, is she Halloween so is over. Well, Sierra had a good costume, too. She did um, Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. Yeah, Cardi, uh, Sierra has been killing it, too. I saw that. That was dope. Yeah, it was. Um, All right, y'all. So it's Desiree, a.k.a. it's Desi Cakes, a.k.a. Nia Long. She just turned 50. Oh, she is fine. I seen that picture. I was like, 50 and fine. 50 and fine. Black don't crack, okay? So how was your week? Um, my week was good. So since the last episode, we celebrated my birthday. Oh yeah, we did. And that was lit. It, that was the first time I really like had my birthday bleed over into Scorpio season. Mm. Uh, cause normally I either celebrate cause my birthday is on 19th October. So I normally celebrate before my birthday mm-hmm. rather than after it. Cause it, you know, goes into Scorpio season, but I had fun. Like it was, yeah, it was fun. It was a great time. I was just happy to see my friends and like, you know, just do some organic fun stuff you know we didn't go to a club or anything like that but i just get happy being around my friends so that was dope i feel you it was fun yeah my week was hell (laughs) 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 i broke out in highs and i've never broken out in highs before it was the worst thing i ever experienced in my whole entire life it felt like ants and mosquitoes all over my body and it lasts like the whole week and it was something I ate. I'm not sure. But, I mean, I guess the good thing is it kind of forced me into self-care. So, I was taking, like, bad oatmeal baths every day mm-hmm. and all that. But it also made me, like, kind of want to pursue, like, this um, sustainable living type of thing. Mm-hmm. So, starting to use less things, starting to eat more organic products and all that good stuff. So, I'm about to start that journey. I got overwhelmed looking into it. But I'm going to start it. Like, you know, we'll see. Y'all, what Devin didn't tell y'all is she tried to blame me. I did not try to blame you. You low key. Well, okay. She was, okay. See, look, I brought- uh-uh, assumptions <laughs> and interpretations. I just talked to one of my clients about this. So on Sunday, I had brought over some peach crown and she had never had it before. And then, like, the next day is when she broke out into the highs and everything. She was like, I think it was that crown. So, you didn't really try to blame me. I mean, I'm grown. I'm the one that took it. Yeah, and we took a lot of it, too. Yeah, I think it was a combination of things. I think it was, like, the crab legs, the crown. Uh, yeah, I think it was that nasty crab station. Crab station is good. You just, I don't know why you, like, shell shack over crab station. Because it's better. Okay, friend. Well, anyways. It's we- not even red. Okay, anyways, friend, <laughs> um, we have a guest today, and it's Kalechi, um, a friend of mine. He is an attorney and also the owner of Lechi Eyewear. So, hey, how hey, you doing? Hey, how y'all doing? 
Welcome. Thank you. So we're bringing him on today because um, today we're going to talk about the hashtag in SARS movement and just things that's going on in Africa and also topics around it. Mm-hmm. And he is very well versed in these topics. So he's going to put y'all on game today. So anything you want to say to the people? How was your week? Uh, Week was uneventful. Uh, as you, uh, yeah. the highlight was I did take my grandmother to go vote, so Ooh. that was good. Yeah, cute. yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> took her to go vote. Uh, the cheat code is going to the polling station with a senior citizen because they let you skip the line. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Wait, so did you take her because you wanted to take her? Or you were trying to skip the line. I already voted already in Dallas. Oh, County. Okay. <laughs> but good question though. Good question. So yeah, took her to do that. Uh, week's been uneventful. Prior to the pandemic, I traveled every week. Uh, now, for obvious reasons, I have to work from home. Mm-hmm. And m- like most of us, our offices or our apartments weren't built mm-hmm. to have us have work from home. So just adjusting to that, um, I guess I've gotten into the show Fargo, which is pretty good this season. Fargo? Oh, mm-hmm. I think I've heard FX about it. FX show. Chris Rock is on it. Hmm. I'm going to check that out. Is so- it like a comedy? Uh, no, it's more of like a... I guess I'd say like crime drama this season is. Mm. Mm. Okay. Okay. So tell us a little bit about your business. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah. So Lechi Eyewear, uh, Eyewear for Us. I think uh, where it really started is a little bit of background. My mom is an optometrist, so I grew up around Mm -hmm. the industry. So growing up around the industry, I used to go to trade shows with her all the time. And I believe it was on one trade show that I went to in New York. Uh, I started noticing that a lot of the designers didn't look like us. And I remember there was a question that I asked a sister. I was like, hey, you know, when you see, you know, you're in a space where you're very few black people and you see a black person, you try to speak in code. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hey, sister, you know, have you noticed that a lot of these, you know, eyewear brands, they all look alike. Like, they ain't none of mm-hmm. us. And she was like, oh, I think they look fine. I got Tom Ford on. And she said it with like a sense of pride. It, like, mm-hmm. she didn't get it. Mm-hmm. So after that, I was just like, all right, so why aren't there any eyewear designers like that for us? So... One thing I knew from just going there is that most of the eyewear uh, is designed. 90% of it is designed in China. Mm-hmm. So four or five years ago, I started going to China, meeting with manufacturers. And mm. from that process, every year I've gone to China, gone to Hong Kong, gone to Japan, mm. met with all a bunch of them. And through that, I said, okay, if we want eyewear that fits our face, mm-hmm. we got to design it to fit our face. Because I always hear from black people particularly, I don't like wearing glasses because mm. I don't like the way they sit on my face. So one of the things that we did is we went to the manufacturers, we worked with them, and we designed eyewear specifically designed with the black prototype as a face. Mm, okay. So that's just the genesis of Lechi Eyewear. So that's why we say eyewear for us. Okay. Okay. Do you have any social media? We do. It is at Lechi Eyewear. So it's L-E-C-H-I-E-Y-E-W-E-A-R. So uh, mm. the landing page is up. If you go onto the website, you'll see that the website is included in the bio. Uh, add your email and then we will be doing a drawing to give away a free pair of glasses. Our hope is that the website should be up before the end of the year, hopefully around Thanksgiving. So okay. uh, we also accept HSA and FSA. So, oh, yep. Okay. If you know, a lot of times it's use it or lose it towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So you can use it with that. So we have designs for men and women prescription eyewear. This isn't just, you know, play 
glasses. These are prescription mm-hmm. eyewear. We have our own lab. Mm-hmm. If you have a question that you need to op- ask an optometrist, you can ask my mom, obviously. Mm-hmm. And she can do all of that. And that's coming from a perspective of dealing mm-hmm. primarily with people. Gotcha. So is it, do you offer like transitional lenses? We offer transitional well lenses. We uh, Transitional photochromic, which are light sensitive. Mm-hmm. We also offer blue light lenses, which are really popular now. Mm-hmm. They filter out the bad UV rays, which are commonly found in TV, Mm-hmm. phone screen, computer screen, which mm-hmm. is really uh, important right now because a lot of people are in front of their computer screens mm-hmm. and in front of their phone screens more because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also offer, if you have a thicker prescription, we can fill all of that. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. That's, um, that's dope. Thank it you. is. I'm I, like, I, I just got LASIK though. So. <laughs> oh, no, no. You should still be wearing glasses if you got LASIK. Even, Even if you, um, one of my good friends, he got LASIK. And what I did is I just... He selected a pair of glasses, and I gave him glasses that have uh, the blue light lenses mm-hmm. in them. So whenever you're on the computer or in front of your phone, it's good to use those ones. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just thinking that yeah. when you mentioned uh, the blue light, because mm-hmm. I I am on my phone a lot, and I want my LASIK to last because exactly. it can still, yeah, 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 you know, with age, it can still mm-hmm. have to be redone. with age. Yeah, I mean, a lot of things can affect it: age, um, comorbidities that typically were more predisposed to diabetes. Mm. That affects your eyes. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of bad things. So, uh, well, yeah. How do you like your LASIK, though? I love it. Okay. I love it. I wish I would have got it sooner. What That's made you, my what made you decide to get it? Um, so, how you mentioned, like, glasses not fitting your face. Like, I had bought, I had purchased some glasses for the first time in, like, a while. Like, because my prescription has, like, stayed consistent for a few years. And so, I had purchased some. And, like, I loved them. But... They were pla- they were the plastic kind, so I was always having to go and get them adjusted because they would like slide down, mm-hmm. and they would loosen up. Mm. Like every few months, I, I had to get them is. adjusted, so that was annoying. And then also like traveling um, because I was either had to bring my contacts and contact solution, or like um, my glasses, and it was just it was just annoying. And plus, I want to I want to learn how to swim again. <laughs> so. And you can't swim with glasses, right? Yeah. So your, that means your vision wasn't very good. Well, uh, <laughs> I mean, could you see without glasses? I can't. I'm not supposed to drive okay, without my yeah, glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay, you're not gonna uh, eye shame me. No, okay, prescription shame me. I need to. I get was my a negative three, shake. so that's not okay, horrible. That's not too bad. Yeah, no, 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 that's not. I haven't too bad. gotten my eye checked since. Yeah, you, you actually should be getting your eyes checked once a year. Uh, yeah. Well, they thing- did at the doctor, and they said I was fine. Yeah, that, that, that's not a real thing. <laughs> oh, it's not? Oh, okay. You should go to, a, a like, a trained optometrist. Ma'am. I mean, it's yeah. in my insurance. I'm going to set one. Just because yeah, you, you said I, that, I'm going to set that because I'm setting up all I my I don't boys. think uh, optometrists have done a good job, I guess, conditioning people to get their eyes checked the way dentists have. Yeah. Right? yeah. And the dentist is a much less pleasant experience than getting your eyes checked, but people mm. still go there every six months to get their teeth cleaned. Yeah. yeah. But I just think that's just, you know, a reflection of, like, how well people have been conditioned. I think it's an American thing. But you know what? I think for me, I've never been scared of the dentist or anything. And I recently had to get some cavities filled and I promised like it didn't hurt or anything. But for me, I've just always wanted to take advantage of my free benefits. So yeah. like mm-hmm. if it's an eye doctor's appointment, a dentist appointment, whoever I need to see, if it's free, it's for me. That, I need to do that. That's a good thing Look, too. I just need to go ahead and do it. Yeah, because okay? insurance is a blessing, right? Well, like, y'all mm-hmm. recommend me a black... I doctor. I can I can do all of that for you. Yeah. Okay. So the dentist the same thing though, but I think it's an American thing too because mm-hmm. if you go to like London or England, oh people's teeth are not the yeah. best. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, that was a good little check in. I guess let's get into the media segments. Press, 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 press. Don't need more press. 
made that bitch famous. I made that bitch famous. Okay, so first thing we're gonna drop in and talk about is that Mike Tyson and Boosie interview, which was very interesting to say the least. Honestly, I did not know Mike was that woke. Girl. I did. I'm here for it. Did you know? No, nah, I didn't. And I remember telling you, uh, after watching that, I can tell he's gone through therapy. Mm-hmm. Like, lots of therapy. Lots of therapy. Like, he was very introspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the language he was using. I mean, the cadence, right, in the conversation. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, most of the time, like, he would he would give somebody the opportunity to talk. Mm-hmm. He'd process it. Mm-hmm. And then he would come with a response, right, based mm-hmm. off of what they said. Mm-hmm. But I think, yeah, Mike Tyson, he's... I mean, like you said, Mike Tyson's probably has a lot of demons, right? He does. And and he doesn't come from a perspective of judgment, which was really good, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's it's really hard, I think, to critic not even criticize, but to offer constructive criticism that doesn't come off like holier than thou. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. And what really stuck out to me about that interview is when he basically brought up how Boosie has been making comments about like just the LGBTQ mm-hmm. community and he was D- just like Dwayne Wade son mm-hmm, and Dwayne Wade son and he was just like why do you feel the need to talk about it and Boosie was just like well sometimes I just feel like I just need to shut the fuck up sometimes and then he just hit his blunt and calmly <laughs> says yeah then why don't you shut the fuck up and then Boosie <laughs> just started stuttering and then he literally said he like he alluded to the fact he was like maybe you have some homosexual tendencies that you don't want to identify with or something i was like damn he really called this nigga gay to his face but he is mike tyson because what i mean yeah, what, what you, you gonna, gonna do, do? What exactly you gonna and what, boosie really got to do? stuttering you can tell he was nervous he was like i'm was straight sure. as an arrow yeah and he really like kind of put him in his place and you can tell boosie was getting like nervous and when he asked him like why won't you shut the fuck up and then he kind of turned the conversation on him and that's like almost like a therapy therapy tactic mm-hmm. like he turned the conversation on him and he was like see because i got my own demons and da-da-da, and like started talking about what he deals with and how he's moved through that space where he had to feel like he had to speak yeah. on everything so it was very it was it was good like yeah. he touched on toxic masculinity and everything yeah i went to go and watch the full thing but it was just beautiful to see how that's when i think about men holding each other accountable mm-hmm. that's exactly the example that i want people to look for mm-hmm. because it's someone who has done the work who can call somebody out on their bullshit so it's like you know, maybe maybe Boosie's not gay. Maybe he is gay. Who cares? Maybe you know, maybe he is suppressing something. Maybe he he's is. not. But that's not. <laughs> but that wasn't. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but that's not. That's not the point of the conversation. The point is for Boosie to address the things that he has going on. And it's like you are toxic as fuck. Like you, you speaking because Mike Tyson agreed with him. He was like, I agree. Like that is kind of early for a child to make that decision. But that ain't our place to speak on it. Mm-hmm. And it was just like he's not coming down on Boosie. It's just like, nigga, like you need to do some inner reflection Mm -hmm. and realize that what you say has an effect on people. And I just, it was so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Especially the, the segment or the portion on LGBTQ, because we all see it on, we all know men, right? I'm not going to restrict it to black men, but we all know men that their, their critique or their commentary on people that are gay is not 
it's so aggressive, right? Mm-hmm. It's it, that almost lets you believe, like, did somebody do something to you yeah, when you were right. younger, what or happened? like right. what happened to you? As opposed mm-hmm. to just, you know, keep it pushing, right? Right. Because like, at the end of the day, nobody's really bothering you. And I really think that was a good thing that Mike Tyson kind of called out that the fact that the fact that you're commenting so much on this leads me and other people to believe that maybe. Yep. This is like a, a defense mechanism mm-hmm. that maybe is trying, you know, that you're implementing to make you feel better yeah. about some of the feelings that you might have that you're just scared to express. I yeah. absolutely believe that it is, especially that whole story with um, him putting a stripper onto his nephew. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. That's horrible. So it's, it's like maybe something, maybe he'll come clean one day and tell us about something that's happened to him Mm -hmm. or about something that he feels because like for you to go to that extreme to try to make sure that your nephew is into women that's horrible like was he like 12 or something yeah Yeah. that was disgusting i still don't understand how he's not in jail for this like that's definitely sexual assault i mean well yeah because if the roles were reversed right yeah Mm -hmm. and he's and he admitted it himself so like i don't understand how there's not some sort of investigation documentation (laughs) like i don't understand how he's walking free but it it leads me to believe now because he just get on live and just do dumb shit like that and it was even one part of the interview where he touched on mike tyson touched on like um, him being there for his homeboys and how like he don't get like that energy mm-hmm. reciprocated. Is mm-hmm. that what it was? Yeah. Um, it was. And he was just like, like I'll be testing their loyalty, making sure they down for him mm-hmm. and stuff like He's that. Like, I bail them out. I'll take care of their kids. And even in that conversation, y'all just like, Ooh, you a you a little gay friend. I don't know. <laughs> I was just it kind of. <laughs> I'm sorry. That sounds so horrible. But I don't know. It's just kind of. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It was interesting. And there's nothing wrong with it. I just think that I I think that's a lot of the issue uh, when it comes to men being homophobic, because as you mentioned, like somebody can be gay, you can keep it moving. Like I've had best friends that are gay and it don't bother me. You know, none of what they do bothers me Mm -hmm. or I don't ever think like, oh, this person is like trying to, you know, Mm -hmm. be into me or anything Mm -hmm. like that, because that's not like the assumption that every gay person wants you. Is that that's a deeper issue? It's very arrogant mm-hmm. too, right? Yeah, it's almost like of all the people, they're gonna want me, right? Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> they're just like dedicated to turning you out, yeah. Like yeah, that's so instead weird. of just getting somebody who wants them, and who wants them, just then, like the rest of us, like exactly. heterosexual people, we look for people, you know, like people that like you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So why would somebody be like and, just trying to turn you out unless you've had something mm-hmm. happen where someone has or, or, tried or to or do you're something? Like, low-key about that life right so i mean and also i think another important thing is just educating yourself on it now some people ask how do you educate yourself um i mean it's really kind of hard just because even if you look at from a political sense we're pretty polarized people kind of hang out with like-minded people Mm -hmm. right it's so i mean i think at least for me i always felt like i was kind of progressive on these issues but the one i don't want to say blind spot but where there was i guess a disconnect was in the trans issue Mm -hmm. And mm-hmm. one thing that really, really helped me that like helped put it in perspective, because I was like looking at the root of things is the show Pose. Mm-hmm. Have you watched the show Pose? So I haven't, but I heard it's, it's good. It's really so good. It's on my to watch list. It's really, really good. Because the mm-hmm. good thing about it is that it takes place in the late 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. So you see kind of the beginning of that movie. I haven't seen the recent mm-hmm. season, but the it's recent good. Season is good. Yeah. Is it's, it on Netflix? Mm-hmm. It's on okay, Netflix. well, I'm going to watch yeah, it tonight. It's good. Like you see all of it. You also kind of see like a lot of the slang that women use mm-hmm. is derived from it. It I, started I mean, from the LGBT. All of community. that. And then mm-hmm. a good thing about it is that I like is that you have to think about it. in the late 80s, early 90s, if you were living as a trans person, mm-hmm. I mean, 
medical technology or medical science, like you, you weren't fooling as many people as you you do now. Right. Right. Mm. So it was more of a, I guess, a bold proclamation mm -hmm. to say, I'm going to, this is who I am. Right? Mm -hmm. right. I had to catch myself from saying, this is how I choose to live because it's not a choice. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So, uh, yeah, I think just educating yourself, like trying to see people from different perspectives and also just kind of see it's like, you'll hear some brothers say, oh, it's just an agenda. They're trying to do this because oh, they're that. trying to do And I said, you see the way that gay people get treated. Why would somebody voluntarily? Listen. <laughs> yeah. Listen. People love, the people that are the minority love to discriminate against, like, people under them. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I think everybody, like, I think everybody sees how, bad it is to be treated at the bottom mm -hmm. so to separate themselves from the bottom mm -hmm. they shit mm -hmm. on the people below yeah. them, right and that's just I, I mean that's how you can see people that are uh you know brothers that do forex that are out here talking about no biden's tax plan ain't gonna help me Ooh. and you're like bro like it's not for you you know <laughs> that, so oh lord but you'll see Shots I mean, that's, fired. pow 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 yeah <laughs> yeah because they be on your ass they be on it like you know well be broke then and your mama gonna stay in that apartment yeah. forever i'll be like dang yeah. i'm sorry i just don't want to trade right you know what's funny is i had this conversation with someone uh yesterday about forex and nobody has actually personally asked me to join thank god somebody has asked to come on the show and talk about it um let it be known that no ain't nobody coming out here talking yeah, about I them all red. but <laughs> but we had a good conversation because i actually like years ago i knew somebody that day trade and like he was willing to show me how to do it but i just i mean i was young i was like in college i didn't care about none of that stuff mm -hmm. but in this conversation we were like making good points were made because it was like day trading has always existed but ain't nobody like trying to like people on wall street are like oh let me show you how to get this money like mm -hmm. they're not trying to bring you into like you know if you if you meet somebody you want to learn sure but they ain't like mm -hmm. gunning you you know like honey hunting for you to join them and it's like well obviously it's basically they only making their money off of people joining and day trading is i think a far cry from forex right right, mm -hmm. right. and i always looked at it like if I see a lot of cats I went to high school promoting it, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, it's kind of like, it may not be the best. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, so. I mean, if you do it and it works for you, great. But Fine. I, know, I know people that do it and they they have the money, or at least it looks like it from what oh, they yeah. post on social mm -hmm. media. And then I know people that do it and are struggling, but you would never know because you have to know them personally to know that they're struggling. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. sorry, I went off on Anyways, yeah. I mean, this, this is normal for yeah, our conversation. It's one of those. I didn't got duped into one of those meetings. <laughs> Just so, have a plan B. <laughs> yeah. So next is in the white audacity is the Louisville police officer is suing um, Brianna Taylor's boyfriend for emotional distress. Have y'all heard the 911 tape? Yeah. That's pretty much all I have to say. How the hell would that man be giving these police officers emotional distress when you could hear the distress in his voice when he called 911 to try to save Brianna? And we found out that she was still alive. She was still and living for quite some time. And he did an interview and he said um, one of the officers, like when they was checking, like, who got shot and all mm -hmm. that, they went up to him. They was like, did you get shot? And he was like, no. And one of the officers said, that's unfortunate. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Uh, a little bit of background. I went to law school in Kentucky. So oh, wow. My good friend from law school, uh, Brother Frederick Do you Moore. know Daniel? Is the attorney? Is, it, is that his name? 
attorney? No, he's actually the attorney for uh, Breonna Taylor's boyfriend. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. So you he get all the with tea, him huh? and everything. So mm-hmm. uh, he's been on. He's done like the rounds. I think he was on Good Morning America. I think because he's going to have a case. I think he's suing the city. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, none of this is surprising, right? I mean, it's not these these cops are. I mean. That is just some white bullshit. Like, for real. Like, Mm -hmm. that is like that white supremacy shit that we be talking about. Mm -hmm. Like, literally. I also think it highlights how we've created a environment to where police are not to be questioned. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, I think police are like the only, one of the few agencies where we're just supposed to take their word. Mm -hmm. No questions asked. If we disagree with them, then we're just against everything that's good in the world. Is it true that they started out as slave patrol? Uh, that's what I've heard. Yeah, I mean, and I think yes, it is true. That is true. Yeah, I wasn't sure if that was well, true because some people say the... it's not true. I've heard that. I, I mean, I've seen it circulating a lot more um, like this year on social media, but I've heard that like years and years well, yeah, ago. In America, I, and I mm-hmm. think in any like one thing about just oppression in general, the language of oppression is universal. So it's always good to look at what the genesis or the creation of like what was behind it. And I do think with police, yes, there is. The component of yes, the slave patrols, making sure people stay in line, and then also you got to kind of look at it as, at the end of the day, I think for a lot of people, right, even some black people, police are seen as the line between us and them, right, and mm. anything that has to be done to make us feel safe, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. because people feeling safe is kind of what makes the world function and move the but way. Who it does. is the people feeling safe? Oh, it's mainly, it's, it's white people. Yeah. But even it's some black <laughs> right, people. Though, right? I mean, it's even some black people. Like, if you go to certain neighborhoods, even if they're more, even if you look at the crime bill, I'm not saying that I've supported it, but there were a lot of black people that supported it, right? Mm-hmm. There were a lot of black people that feel like, hey, you to teach these people a lesson, you need to be heavy handed. Mm. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that crime bill is. Yeah. That crime bill. I, I mean, feel like that was just like the nature of politics, though. Because I, I think a lot, mm-hmm. I know Biden was. The like one of the authors of it, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I feel like that was just the nature of politics at that time. Yeah. Most definitely, and, and just that, like TV shows, like yeah. how mm-hmm. we see TV shows, how they just say like some of the most crazy stuff. You know, like they didn't know what trans was, and it was just like, oh, you know, it's a woman with a mm-hmm. a dick, and you know, like how they say offensive stuff back then. It was just like that was the nature of the world back then. And now, as we progress, we have to learn to like do better, and we know better now, and we have to educate more and more people on it because it is like all these celebrities and stuff that are girl that are dibbling yeah that's what we're gonna hit on next but first (laughs) before we get into that let's talk about the recent um police brutality case of the black man that recently passed i didn't do much research on it because y'all i'm tired i'm gonna i'm gonna do my research i am but you know it's just a lot sometimes. I think the way I understood it is there was a distress call made uh, by somebody in the family. I'm not sure if it was the think, mother. Uh, that mm-hmm. the gentleman, I think his last name was Wallace. I don't know the person. Uh, Walter Wallace Walter Jr. Wallace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Walter Wallace uh, was having an episode. Uh, you know, you're the mental health expert. So he had, was having an episode and he was carrying a knife. And I think whenever the cops arrived, his mother was telling Walter Wallace, like, hey, come back here. Walter Wallace had the knife in his hand, and he walked towards the cop in a non-aggressive manner. It's not like he was rushing towards them. And what the cops uh, did is they killed him. I think 
they, they shot, shot him, him ten times. Ten times. Mm-hmm. That's unnecessary. Unnecessary. Is a and key he word. was twenty-seven years old. So I mean, right around you know our ages, and a father of nine. And now there are nine kids out here that won't have a father, like regardless of his mental health status. Um, and it's just mental health status. It's um, it's just unfortunate that we don't have the proper resources for when someone calls for a mental health issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I think we do have the proper resources. I just don't think we choose to utilize. We just don't choose to dedicate them. Right. Um, Right. They don't want to put, they don't want to put, um, he was in a manic episode. mm -hmm. Yeah. They don't want to put those people on payroll. They don't want, they They don't want to put those people on payroll. They don't want, they don't want to take care of, people with mental health issues mm-hmm. and that's what's what it comes down to y'all know i used to work for the crisis line like in 2016 and that's it's dismantled now like mm-hmm. remember we were talking about it's dismantled now but we used to go out to these type of calls and it was scary you know my little ass <laughs> i mean psychotic people with knives and stuff we did have police there but yeah. we i think that helps though because yeah we like did the interaction and we talked to the police and we were just like okay chill he's manic these are the simple symptoms he may rush towards you but we need to do distress techniques and all that but but i mean but to what you're saying about dismantling it and this is why i think it's a issue of will versus uh the ability to do it because if you look at it like this let's just say you have five, you know, mental health experts or resources and you pay them $100,000 a year. And oh, we, we no, want to no, get just, paid that. I'm just throwing, that. Out, I'm just throwing out a number. Be clear. I'm just throwing out a number. But I'm saying if you pay them each $100,000 a year and mm-hmm. they prevent mm-hmm. one or two deaths, yeah. right, you realize that the city gets sued for these things. And when the city gets sued for it, that money comes out of taxpayer dollars, right? Think about how much Breonna Taylor made. How much, uh, not to say, Think about with Breonna Taylor, how much was paid out in the settlement. So what I'm saying, it makes financial sense to staff these mental health experts. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. You made yeah. a connection. I was confused yeah, for yeah, a yeah, second. Yeah. No, no, no. Okay. I'm saying it, it makes financial sense to it staff does. these people because you will prevent these, you know, unjust killings. Then why the don't they will... do it? I mean, to be honest with you, me being a cynic, I think that people, the power structure, right? Whether it be rich white people i think they feel like a a few people getting killed is kind of the cost of doing business for us to feel safe that's fucking crazy to me that's just me being cynical because no i think you're right because because, even like when when you think about trump and how he dealt with covid he was just like people are gonna die or or i always say this if there were videos of dogs getting killed the way black people are Imagine how people would be at work. Oh, people would be upset. Uh, oh, Baby. Okay. Maybe in the streets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe in the streets. Yes. Yes, for sure. Well, prayers to his family. I'm not sure if it's any like petitions or any thing you can donate to, but I'm sure if you Google it, you can. His name was um Walter Wallace Jr. So mm-hmm. if you Google it, I'm sure you can find some resources. Um, so going on to the next topic is Ice Cube and Lil Wayne. <sighs> Can't one of y'all can talk like explain it? Cause. This hurt me. Uh, I guess because I'm a little older than I don't know. Like I'm 37. So I oh you a lot older because I'm 21. Oh okay. Well yeah. So like. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, I saw, I grew up with Wayne, right? Like, 
literally and figuratively, mm-hmm. right? Wait, we did too. Well, I'm saying like as he was coming up, like I was coming up, okay. same age, all those things. Like I remember, like I was listening to the Carter in college, but oh my I God, honestly, you was in college? Yeah, I think I was in high school. Yeah, the Carter came out in '04. The first Carter. Came oh out no, I was in middle school. Yeah, you see, yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> okay. Sorry, sir. No, nah, yeah, yeah. I'm ashamed. Uh, you said, sir. You did. <laughs> but I, I honestly think with Wayne, I'm not, I'm not surprised to be honest with you. I'm not surprised. I'm not Wayne surprised. Either. And also, I, I kind of think that one, he might. I don't even want to chalk it up because I think sometimes we have, we easily whenever somebody whenever somebody does something we don't like, we'll say, oh, it's because they're not right in the head or they, you know, they're going through something. Maybe they this only is who, got four dreads. Yeah. Or, but maybe this is just who they are because I think one common thread we can see with Kanye, um, Wayne in this instance, and a lot of other black men is that I think rather than trying to dismantle the patriarchy, they want to join it. Mm-hmm. Right, mm. and they will do everything they can to curry favor with the power structure mm-hmm. because deep the, uh, down inside they desire to be those type of people. It's kind of the appeal of yeah. Trump is like the reason why I like him is because I want to be just like him. Like if I had money, I would be just as vile. I would do all those different things. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, the I wasn't surprised the by world. Lil Wayne either. <laughs> I mean, he being on that, like you said, he being kind of giving those vibes. But Ice Cube, not surprised. He needs that bread. I think that's what I think it is. Do you think so? I was What's over the pandemic here like here? Ice Cube has big three basketball and movies. Right? He's not Tyler Perry, so he doesn't have, you know, the cash reserves or all those things. Mm-hmm. So his two biggest sources of income have been hit. And one thing that the Trump presidency has shown is that nobody it like he'll meet with anybody, right? As long as mm-hmm. you pledge some sort of like loyalty to him, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas Obama, put it like this, would Ice Cube ever get the time of day with Obama? Probably not, mm. right? Ice Cube's only meeting with like Common. Yeah, because right? I saw another interview that he did with what's that show with Claudia Jordan, Jordan, and all them mm-hmm. on it. I, is it The View? No, I don't know what show it is. But they were he was on there, and they were basically they was on his ass. They was just like, okay, so you met with Trump, but mm-hmm. we spoke with some people from Kamala. Is it Kamala? Kamala. Kamala. Kamala's mm-hmm. team. And they said she tried to set up a meeting with you, Snoop Dogg, and like some other two other celebrities, and he declined. And he said he felt like it was a uh, it was kind of beneath him. Like he wanted to. Yeah. Be- but the thing about it, think about the audacity for Ice Cube to feel like I should meet with potentially the second most, the soon to be second most powerful person in the world to talk about. He wanted to do it alone. But, but, but why, but why does he, but like what made him like, what, what told Ice Cube, you know what? I'm going to take it upon myself to speak on behalf of black people. Yeah, who told him? That, that's that's who told? Because I was like, why did he meet with Trump? Why is he negotiating that, the plan for Black America? Mm-hmm. And if you watch the interview he did with Roland, that was really good because Roland Martin kind of exposed that Ice Cube doesn't know what he's talking about. A lot of the things that he's proposed have already been not only proposed, have been passed in the House and are sitting in the Senate. Like what? Uh, I think one of them was uh, reparations. Mainly, like, access to capital. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was some of the other ones? Um, I think it was just those were the two main ones that stood out. Mm-hmm. But basically, the Congressional Black Caucus went through line by line a lot of the main key points that Ice Cube articulated. And they basically said, we've already brought all this stuff up. Right. And that's why I say mm-hmm. that celebrities have to stay out of politics. Like, encourage people to vote. But, like, when it comes to... And we're going to talk about this later in asking for a friend. But when it comes to celebrity, there is a money 
issue, you know, that is separating them from us. Mm -hmm. Like we have to remember that, like they have a different tax bracket than us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think celebrities should more importantly use their platform to promote the work that the experts and the activists, Mm -hmm. like a sister like Tamika Mallory, like celebrities Mm -hmm. should be working alongside her. Like who to follow, who to keep up with. Even what Sweetie did with, um, she collaborated with somebody from Nigeria. Some mm-hmm. it was a Nigerian artist. It was a night, and he basically educated. They did a live, and mm-hmm. he educated everybody on um, yeah. SARS. Because I mean, celebrities. It doesn't mean that they don't have the the intellectual ability to know these things, mm-hmm. but right. they're, they're experts. I mean, they devote most of their time to being a celebrity. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think the hustle is them or you know whoever saying putting a mic in front of them saying this is your leader. Right. right, but nobody's going to Miley Cyrus and saying, "Hey, Republicans or yeah. hey, white people, what do you think about what Miley Cyrus said?" It's only right. with us that they do that. Yeah, right, because they're that trying to get true. they're trying to pander for our vote. That's what it all comes down to. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's important for celebrities to stay in their lane mm-hmm. and be experts at what they what they are. So, like, yes, they are celebrities. They have this platform. They have this huge influence. But use it like what you said with Sweetie. Like, give someone else that platform to educate mm-hmm. people. Don't sit there on your platform trying to educate people on something that you just read about two hours before you went on live mm-hmm. like yeah. give someone else that opportunity yeah. yeah that you got from facebook or yeah right or that you just <laughs> came up with so uh, yeah. you know some little clickbait title yeah so in other news just to end on a positive note in black excellence um even though i know you really don't care <laughs> Charlemagne. <laughs> no, I like Charlemagne. Oh, I thought you didn't like Charlemagne. I do like him. One of my friends don't like him. I can't think of who it is. No, I like him a lot. I yeah. mean, he still he still got work to do, but I like him. Yeah, I need, and I have his, I, need I have both to, his books. You have oh okay. Who what friend didn't like him? But anyways, um, Charlemagne and Kevin Hart has a partnership with Audible to amplify Black voices, and I just need one of them to go ahead and put them. Like sponsor this podcast. Listen, we need to come on. Like, what's up, gang? Okay, because you know, <laughs> mm, period. But right. yeah, but shout out to them. That's really bomb. I wonder, is it just books or? Um, so Audible is a book. It, Audible is like a platform for books. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that they're trying to get their hands into other stuff as well. So kind of trying to be a force to reckon with. Yeah. So that's dope. That's and that's really interesting. And speaking of books and stuff. Oh, yeah. They're doing books, audible books and podcasts and stuff like that. So I'm not sure if this will make it to (laughs) y'all. I'm going to be in their DMs. I'm going to start coming like, go ahead and check out our podcast. Right. So, yeah, um, I guess that's all for the media segment. So I guess we'll get into the main segment and get to talking about the hashtag in SARS movement. Okay, so of course we're going to talk about the hashtag in SARS movement in Nigeria, but I do want to touch on some other things that's going on in Africa as well. These are, it's not everything that's going on in Africa, but it's some things that I've done some research on. Um, so one of the countries is Liberia. Um, basically, they're going through like a rape national emergency. And also, disclaimer, um, a lot of this stuff, it was kind of hard to find information on. Like, it's hard to find information on it, and it's hard to find things that you can donate to. I, that's just something that I've noticed. Like, 
just really were many credible sources. And I had to actually like look at the hashtags to get a lot of this information. So, yeah, um, Liberia is going through a rape national emergency. Um, basically, rape and gender violence has been a growing issue in Liberia since the 14-year-long war dating back to 1988. Um, so it's just been basically like a pandemic rape against women and children. Um, and since the pandemic, it increased by 50%. So the president... Wow. Like basically um, declared a rape national emer- emergency this year to implement anti-rape measures, and this has happened. He did this back in September, but I was trying to see did he implement any measures, like what measures were implemented, and I haven't seen I haven't seen anything, and I'm noticing this is a growing trend in a lot of these countries that are having like these national emergencies. Like the presidents will implement or say like it's an emergency and acknowledge it, but it's really no action that follows it. Mm-hmm. So that's unfortunate. So how you can help? Um, Use your platform, spread awareness, educate others, and donate to credible organizations to help victims and people that are protesting. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to find any donation spots or anything like that. So, yeah. Yeah, so the next country, how do I pronounce this? Namibia. Namibia. I just I didn't want to get nothing wrong. Okay, Namibia. Yeah. Um, following the murder of Shannon Westerfall, Namibia uh, started the shut it all down protest against femicide, rape, and gender-based violence. Um, Protesters are demanding political action. And although the government has condemned what's going on, there has not been any concrete plans or action. So kind of like Devin just mentioned, where there's like acknowledgement that there's issues going on, but it's Mm -hmm. not really any concrete plans or anything that we can we've seen or found that has been implemented. Um, So the way that you can help with this issue is to spread awareness through your platform. Um, Devin has, every country that we're mentioning, Devin has a resource on her page where you can share, post to your story, repost to your page, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, action you feel is necessary. And just a little background on the murder of Shannon Wasserfall. Um, From the research I've done, this was a young lady who was basically, um, I want to say kidnapped, if I'm saying any incorrect information please let us know but this is just from what i found was kidnapped raped and killed and they didn't find her body until like weeks later like in a shallow grave so Mm. and and that's like not that's the norm like that happened but this particular murder is what started the protest yeah so it looks like she was and there's some conflicting information because I'm on Google right now looking around. One of them says that she's 21. One says she was 22, but she had been missing since April 10th. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, it's just it's just unfortunate. Yeah. Why is it? Why is rape and gender-based violence so common in Africa? I don't know if it's only. I don't want to say if I, it's restricted to Africa. I just think that. I mean, I'm trying to think. In America, we have a problem, right? It just might might not be on the same level. I mean, mm-hmm. put it like this: up until the Me Too movement, mm-hmm. right? They're levels, right? I mean, yeah. like you have, you can't compare Western countries to yeah. countries like, but yeah, I don't know. I, I I still think like the patriarchy still lives mm-hmm. there. Strong. And then mm-hmm. th- there's a, a level of unaccountability 
in those countries that you don't have here, right? Mm -hmm. The whole rule of law thing where if you do something or if you're accused of doing something like that here in America, the chances of you being held to account are much higher than mm-hmm. in some of then these other there. countries. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. That's just my reading of it because, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think there's, I think there are very few countries where people can be like, man, women get treated like queens here. I mean. Yeah. Right. As, as whole, like what country? As really? a whole. Now, I do think in Western Europe, they're a bit more progressive, excuse me, in like how they approach some of these issues. But mm-hmm. Probably because they have the queen. No, yeah. I mean, but even like, I mean, but you'd even be surprised. Like some countries that we would think that are, I guess worse for women, like Pakistan, like like which is near. Mm. You know, they've had a female, they've had a female president before, right? We've oh, never, really? Mm-hmm, we've never had one. Yeah, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Me so, neither. Yeah. I <laughs> didn't they just? You better get, educate us, friend. Didn't they just get allowed to like drive? No, that was Saudi Arabia. Oh, yes, that was Saudi Arabia. This is wow. crazy. Like, like, are we all in the same year? See, but the thing about Saudi Arabia, <laughs> like, yeah, I know but, we in different time zones. But the thing but about Saudi Arabia is Saudi. Ara- <laughs> I know a girl that lives in Saudi Arabia. Interesting thing, she's actually black Saudi Arabian. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because a lot of black people there, but you just don't know that. But yeah, like they want because when I first met her, I thought she was like from some other. She's like, no, I'm Saudi Arabian. She's like, my family's been there for a hundred of years because <laughs> slavery went there too, right? So, but that's neither here or there. But she These was white folks. Yeah, had but, the audacity to just take over the whole. Well, world. those Arabs that did that part. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, never mind. Yeah. Okay, well, let me stop but, blaming white but, people. But she, but yeah, but she was. She lives there now, and she said like a lot of those things, like the. Getting the right to drive is just kind of one of those things. Like women are fairly restricted there, right? But she was cool with just not driving. No, I mean, but yeah, she was cool with it. I mean, I mean, when you, what else do you know? But the thing about it is, like, I had to move around. No, but I mean, that's what a lot of them do. That's right from here. Yeah, but if you were born there and you've never seen a woman drive, you'd be like, oh, I got a chauffeur. But the interesting thing, the people that implement these laws, if you look at a lot of the Saudi royal family, a lot of them schooled in America, like with her. She said what the Saudi government does is basically they offer you, if you're, you know, they basically will pay for you to go to school outside of the country mm. under the agreement that once you finish, you need to come back, right? Because mm. their thinking is like, educate, learn all the ways America does, bring it back here, help your country. Mm. So what she would tell me is during those four or five years, whenever it be, them Saudi people would go wild, right? Mm. Because, you know, you're going from Saudi Arabia and, you know, like in her instance, she went to TSU. So imagine you going from what? There. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, baby. <laughs> wow. Okay. Or, yeah. So, but that's, you know. We're just talking about yeah. the world today. Yeah. Okay. Child. So, yeah. Um, what's the next uh, one? I, was Ivory next Coast one? and Ghana. Okay. So, Ivory Coast and Ghana. Um, so, Ivory Coast and Ghana, they have a child um, trafficking and child labor mm-hmm. issue. Um, so I'm not too well versed in it, but I know these children are being put in like extreme work conditions and sometimes prostitution. And the government has attempted to put measures to prevent and help this, but it has been ineffective. Yeah. I mean, it's just really child labor laws. Um, I think, I mean, it's, it's terrible for children. to have, And I think it's a failure of government. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing, if you go to Nigeria, one thing you'll see, kids that come from poor families, oftentimes they don't go to school. Their parents are like, hey, you need to go to work. Mm, right? Whereas in America, that doesn't happen now because we have truancy laws. Right? Yeah. Where kids, the government has basically said it is better for kids to be in school. Like mm-hmm. a lot of it is because they think kids need to be educated. And then also another part of it is like, 
we'd rather these kids be in school than out on these streets yeah. Yeah. doing whatever. So, I mean, if you look at like early industrial revolution in America, you'll notice that there were children working in a lot of those factories mm-hmm. until they changed the laws. And that's when he started having the rise of unions or basically like, hey, we need better working conditions. So I think also with a lot of these African countries is just poor governance is a lot of it. Mm. Like just the government just isn't as responsive to the people as it yeah. is here. Mm-hmm. Cause like, like in America, what you got like five days that you can miss a school unaccounted for or something mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. you have to go to court or something. Like it's, court, yeah. Yeah. it's strict. It's strict. Here, if but you miss one day, they calling your phone. Right. Mm-hmm. And so. you know, cause you work in the, you know, uh, you work with social services, like mm-hmm. they have a vested interest in making sure kids stay in school because there's been research that says, if kids don't go to school, the likely outcomes are. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So those are the type of things. So, yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, but also in Congo, I'm not that when I was doing the research on this, I was so confused. Like it, I couldn't really figure out what was the. So with Congo. Yeah. The from my limited understanding of it, Congo. I, the way somebody was described it as from a resource perspective, mm-hmm. Congo is like Wakanda. Congo has like all the resources in the world. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. So like uh, one of the main ones is coltan. I think I'm saying a coltan, which mm-hmm. is the material that is used to make like cell phones. Oh. They get a lot of that from the Congo, right? And I guess the backdrop of that is they've been mired in civil war. Uh, even if you just historically, like uh, mm-hmm. they, I think they produce a lot of rubber. Mm-hmm. Um, if you ever heard of somebody called like King Leopold, mm-hmm. basically during colonization, killed like close to a million people, chopped off their hands. Like it's been always really brutal. They've just been really rich in resources. And because of those resources, there are a lot of wars and there are a lot of differing groups that are going there to try to get access to those resources. Mm. Yeah, because they said is they're dealing with like a silent holy holocaust. 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 Um in and it's, and it's due to millions of people being killed due to the Western world benefiting from their resources. Yep. That was okay. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they just have a lot of resources. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it says, but I was seeing some pictures. Like, it was bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I mean, and then also, you know, it borders Rwanda. And we know what happened in Rwanda, right? Mm-hmm. So 